Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is coming out of the Toronto International Film Festival. I'm not sure exactly how many films I was able to do this year, how many interviews I was able to complete, but it's uh, over 20 at least, and it's amazing what you can get done from a home studio. And even before the festival begins, I was able to uh, talk with our next guest, Nicole Dorsey, about her new film, Black Conflux, a Canadian film, uh, quote, the seemingly separate lives of an anxious, disillusioned teen girl and a troubled, alienated man and converge fatefully in this haunting exploration of womanhood, isolation, and toxic masculinity set in 1980s Newfoundland, close quote. It really is an 80s film. The music is there to see, or sorry, to hear, uh, and a lot of attention to detail to see. I mean, how, how can you not like a film that highlights Gowan and Moonlight Desires? Um, this is... Um, this is a film, this is a coming-of-age story for sure, but it's a deeply existential, for me, uh, piece, and, and a philosophical film, really. It's uh, it's about a search for, for this young woman's identity, uh, and this young man as well, really, and, and Nicole talks a great deal about uh, how she's sort of obsessed with this idea of fate, uh, how, how this is about, uh, for her and for the characters in this film, fitting into certain molds and, and kind of rejecting them, at the same time, I thought that there was a real wisdom and a maturity to the performances here in this film, and I think that speaks to Nicole's work as a writer and a producer and a director, but but also to the the actors as well. Uh, it, it, she talked to Nicole talked a great deal about how important it is to move the camera, and I think you're going to have to see the film to really get an understanding for why that's the case. This is a film about empathy and uncertainty, and and it's about it's about reflecting on the present and of course living in the present while while looking back at the past and and uh, Nicole t- t- told me too and in, in, in a really candid uh, I think a candid conversation about how how she always needed to know more and yet at the same time always had so many more questions sounds a lot like me I too uh, I feel like you know there's so much more 
not only interesting conversation in, 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 in a question, but there's, there's more discovery to be found. There's mystery at the same time. It gets us to another level and a new place in, in our conversation and our understanding and hopefully in our knowledge as well, but it also opens up so many other doors. So I wanted to say thanks to Nicole for her candor and, and for this film, Black Conflux. I really enjoyed it, and it's, uh, it's something you're going to want to definitely get out to see. Uh, don't uh, touch that dial coming right up with Nicole shortly, davidpecklive.com for more information about my uh, writing and my speaking. You can book me there. You can also get a hold of a copy of my book, Real Change is Incremental. You can purchase that through Amazon. And face-to-facelive.ca, so many more uh, interviews there. You can go back a couple of years into our past. We're coming up on 500 interviews. Our 300th interview with, was with George Strombolopoulos, which was a real treat and pleasure for me to do. I can't believe that was almost 200 interviews ago. So look into uh, our past. And if you want to support the work we're doing, you can do that through patreon.com. I've set up a page there. You can support us monthly, $1, $5, $10, $20 uh, a month to, to help us uh, cut, co- uh, cover, cut costs, I suppose, but also cover costs here at Face to Face because we do have some of those. And if you can't do that, I get that. I understand. Please leave us a review on iTunes. I really would appreciate that. And forward the podcast to your friends. And sign up for the newsletter. Post us on Twitter. Socialize this podcast to death, if you don't mind. We would really appreciate it. Get it up on Facebook. And you can also advertise here in our newsletters. Uh, we, we, we have a, a decent database, and we send out a newsletter once a month. We've got banner ads on the website and shout-outs in the actual interviews themselves. So do reach out to us if you're interested in reaching out to our demographic, which is quite wide now, uh, listened to in about 20 countries, and, and most of our listeners in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and uh, but but go as far southeast as uh, uh, Cambodia. We were into China, uh, Singapore. It's really quite remarkable the places where people listen to face to face. And also, don't forget rabble.ca for a whole host of other uh, interviews uh, with with podcasters and bloggers and, and and writers. Not just interviews, by the way, but news for the rest of us. It's a platform that I exist on. Face to face is on. And you can dig into issues that matter with a whole uh, plethora of people there who are writing about issues that matter. News for the rest of us, rabble.ca. But don't touch that dial. Coming right up, uh, Nicole Dorsey uh, about her new film, Black Conflicts. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us today. In fact, I think this might be my first interview for the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, We have Nicole Dorsey here with us to talk about her new film, Black Conflicts. Nicole, thanks so much for joining us today. Of course, yeah. Happy to be here. Hey, and you know what? Generally, let's just get this right. I, did I pronounce your last name right? Normally, I ask that offline. Did I? Did I? Did I get it right? Yeah, Dorsey. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. it's a pretty straightforward name. <laughs> I would love somebody to mispronounce it, though. Oh, is that right? Eh, Wait, would that just like add to the storyline? I guess so. It'd be funny. I think it'd be pretty funny because I don't know how else. I guess you could say like Dorsey. You could say it Dorsey. That's very proper. Yes, it's very proper. And I have seen it spelt with an A at the end. I'm reading a a true crime novel that's based in Toronto and there's Dorsey's in it. So I was like, okay, all right, new swing on it. Okay, well, maybe maybe the beginnings of a new film. Um, you know, got to start doing. You know, get get into some genealogies here. Go back into your history and find out how the, how your name is actually connected. And we got a new screenplay in the making. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So tell us about the film, and tell us you know you're coming 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 to TIFF. Uh, TIFF is around the corner, um, and uh, I would imagine anticipating um, some some 
new people you're going to meet, new experiences, uh, the Q&As, the interviews, the craziness of it all. Talk a little bit about that if you don't mind. And then and then maybe just sort of give us a little bit of perspective on the film. By the way, congratulations on the film. I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful to watch. It's compelling. It's thoughtful. The performances are, are great. There's this tension throughout that was frankly kind of threw me off a little bit. And I so love the way it sort of wraps up, but not. <laughs> did, yeah. I give, did, did, I, did I give anything away there? Uh, yeah. Well, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. It could still, yeah, it's, it could still go many ways at the end. Um, yeah, well, I, I think in terms of, you know, the events at TIFF itself and the screening, um, it's pretty wonderful to be back in my hometown um, mm. to premiere. It's like a homecoming uh, for me. My parents get to be there. I think some of my family is very excited to come. And uh, I've been living in L.A. for the past three and a half years. So it feels good to kind of come full circle and and be in Toronto for the festival. I mean, I've attended for so many years, especially when I lived in the city. Um, and, uh, you know, this film is very much a labor of love to mm. so be able to have our world premiere at a festival like TIFF. Um, me and the whole team were pretty stoked about it. Um, and the talent lab is great too. Uh, <laughs> I've applied for so many years, so it's uh, it's kind of amazing to get in uh, the year my film is also playing. So it really like has all all come together for this for this one year at TIFF. Um, and the film itself, uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a haunting story. It's something that. I started thinking about back in like 2010 when I was traveling to Newfoundland and hitchhiking around and I became obsessed with this idea of fate, the coming together mm -hmm. of two lives and how do two people from seemingly different worlds collide. Um, and from there, the story began to morph and I went back to Newfoundland and I made a short film in 2014 just based on Dennis and then I finished the script in like 2015. So, I mean, really, like, it's a story of two characters. Jackie is this coming of age teen who's discovering her, you know, sexuality, her, you know, her own identity. Um, and Dennis, in some ways, is doing the same thing. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, a bit, he's a bit more on a darker path, but... Um, right how his trajectory is shaped and changed by the culture um, that surrounds him, um, how media shapes perspectives, especially when it comes to masculinity and femininity. Um, so really it's about these two characters who are on a journey for identity and that brings them together in this sort of cosmic way. There's something really um deeply to me anyway, deeply philosophical and, and kind of, uh, existential about the whole film, you know, I mean, on some levels, some, some, some listeners might, might, Oh, wow, great. They're going all academic on us. But uh, <laughs> other listeners who, who know me, but I, I've done, I did, did it a, a couple of degrees in philosophy. So I do resonate with the darker, the more melancholic. And there's, there's a tension in this film that, that, right out of the gate and and it seems to be there in the performances it seems to be there in the cinematography and the music is that you coming out 
is that is that is that some <laughs> of your you know uh, as writer producer director some of that your own existential angst tension or, or unanswered questions maybe I don't know I would just, just oh, really interested. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Everything I write seems to have some sort of like darker tone to it at some point. Some some kind of <laughs> some kind of autobiography, I suppose, yeah. right? I mean, how how can it not, I suppose? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, my my uh you know, growing up does not fully reflect Jackie's. You know, I have uh, my parents were married. I grew up as an only child in like suburbia in Ontario. So there's differences there. But I think this search for identity and mm. um, being shaped by what's around you and trying to fit certain molds, um, but also rejecting them at the same time as you struggle to find your voice. Like I, as a teen, I was really obsessed with this idea of knowing exactly who I was. Of mm. like deciding it in that moment, and that's who I'd be for the rest of my life. Which, as an adult, I kind of laugh at. Um, but there's a lot of myself in Jackie. Um, but you know, in the film too, of course, I can get all heady and talk about all these concepts and motifs that are in it. But I also hope that it's entertaining. You know, that that's definitely an ambition when I make films. I hope that people can watch it and be like, "Whoa, I was." I don't know how I was affected by that, but something hit me. Would that would that be something that that um, you know I've heard uh, filmmakers say before? You know, they do their their commercial work to really fund. You know, you referred to to this film as a as a um, a labor of love. I would imagine you know a, a passion project as well could could sort of fit there. I'd love to hear more about that actually, but. Does that drive you or is it more about that sort of commercial? Hey, I, I want lots of people to see this, but also to, you know, uh, have people asking a few questions as they walk out of the theater or, 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 or watch the film. Uh, I mean, this film for me, it, it is a personal piece. I, I would love for people to walk out and feel like they were entertained or sparked, but also think uh, one of the, mm you know, notes of feedback we've been getting is the film, you know, they have a feeling when they walk out of the theater, but it's something that hits them the following day or two. Right. Um, which I like. I, I like this sort of sort of slow burn and making you think. Um, but yeah, I also didn't want to make like a super boring think piece. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think it's a boring I don't think it personally for what it's worth, I don't think it's a boring think piece at all. I think it's really engaging and, and entertaining and 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 beautiful to look at as well. Um um uh the the landscape, you know, just yeah, just everything the way the way it's uh, pieced together is really it's really compelling filmmaking. I mean, there's a there's a sense in uh, there's a sense of um and I think it comes out in Jackie's character as well. There's a wisdom and a, and a maturity there. I, d I don't know if you agree with me on that. Oh, absolutely. Um, Ella is incredible. Um, and we worked, you know, for a while before we started shooting. And mm. she kind of came on a journey with me um, in unwrapping this character and figuring out how Jackie speaks and moves and... Um, brought that to the table. And when we got to set, it was a dream. You know, I think all that prep work really gave us flexibility to hone in on performance uh, when we were on set. And same with Ryan, who plays uh, Dennis. You know, it's a hard character to play. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I personally have, have a lot of empathy for Dennis. And I hope when watching him, 
you know, there's moments where you're like, this guy sucks. And there's other yeah. moments where you're like, oh, he's just the little boy who's lost. Right. Right. And that's a hard, you know, that's a hard character to play, to ride that line and to have all that nuance. And Ryan really, he really crushed it. Um, and I, I don't know, I got really, I was blessed by the casting and uh, we made a really good team. I love how, just to go a little lighter here for a second, because I yeah. totally agree with you. The performances are, are astounding. They really are. They're just, just stellar. Um, really draw you in right from the get-go. But the 80s music, the 80s Canadian music, <laughs> come oh, yeah. on. Gowan? Gowan? Oh, Moonlight yeah. Desires? By the way, that's a beautiful scene. The lighting, and the, it's just so gorgeous. It's so so well uh, pieced together. But yeah, the, the 80s Canadian music is awesome. Well, a little 70s too, I think. Did I hear a bit of April Wine in there as well? There's some April Wine because there's, you know, there's a few bands that were really um, big in Newfoundland at the time. Okay. Because uh, yeah. I did try to be authentic to the place. Right. And right. there's, you know, Newfoundland being, and especially at that time when it's a little more hard to travel and whatnot, April Wine was one of the bigger bands that actually toured to Newfoundland when they did their Canadian tour. So they were quite big over there in the, uh, in the eighties. Um, so I had to include some of their, um, a few of their tracks. Did you go back and watch uh, sort of coming of age films? Um, did you have a, a, a style in mind? Did you have a story in mind that you sort of thought you might kind of mirror to some degree or, 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 or not? Um, you know, I think there's several influences. I definitely am a sucker for like seventies American cinema. Um, I, you know, kind of came up shaping my ideas about filmmaking. I love like how Paul Thomas Anderson moves the camera. Mm. I love, you know, early David Lynch films. Um, you know, even like, I think in terms of performance, Andrea Arnold, like her work in getting those really authentic performances that feel so grounded and genuine have inspired me. But, um, Robert Altman as well. <laughs> you know, I love his work and again, how he moves the camera. So I do find that I'm very visual in my storytelling, even though I tell these very care, you know, with this, a very character driven film, um, I really do like to move the camera. So all of those definitely influenced me along the way. And I mean, we watched everything. Um, uh, even with my production designer, you know, we we put on like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which, mm, right, right. Um, which was great. It's a, it was a great reference piece visually for the production design. Um, but then, you know, me and my DP also watched like, you know, films by Xavier Dolan and um, like Punch Drunk Love or like the list kind of went on. Um, we just really immersed ourselves. I think we also watched like Maniac as well at the time that show, which, uh, I mean, he also moves the camera so well. Um, so it was a lot, there was a lot kind of bubbling through our minds. For me, just, and I'm going to show my age, I suppose a little bit here in early eighties film, less than zero. I don't know if you remember it, but it just, for, there were a couple of scenes and a couple of moments. And I think this is what's so beautiful for me about film and storytelling and so on. It, 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 it wasn't that, there was anything specific, but it was, I think, a space that I was in 
Does that, does that make sense? It was, I remember taking five people to see this movie and they didn't talk to me for weeks. Now maybe they hated it and, <laughs> you know, and had good reason for that, but it was a coming of age story and it was early Robert Downey. I mean, I think he was 20 years old. I'm, I'm t I don't know if he, it was a Brett Easton Ellis uh, novel, maybe right. 80, maybe 82, 85. I don't know. I was anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, but, but I, it had a, such an impact on me poster framed on my wall, but it wasn't so much the film or the performances. I think it was what it was speaking to at the time. Isn't, isn't that a, a pretty marvelous thing about, about, you know, that experience of, of, of walking out of the theater? It's, it's communal and yet so separate and distinct. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I love that. I actually have not seen less than zero, but, uh, I love that it was made in 1987. Um, well it had, and it had Andrew McCarthy and, and early, Oh, you got to go yeah. see it just for, you'll smile early James Spader and just an incredible performance, I think by, by Robert Downey, but, uh, uh, and, and you'll see some faces. Oh, Hey, I, I, wow. I didn't know he was in this film or she was in this film, but, uh, anyway, it's, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, just again, that, that, that whole space, right. And how perspectival film is and, and why, why is it that someone loved this film and someone else didn't? Right? Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's cool. Well, it's funny right. that you talk about that. I just like the graduate popped to my head. Like, <laughs> right. I, right. I, yep. I love that film and this sort of existential dread of yeah. finding your yeah. place in the world. Um, uh, is incredible. I think that film is definitely that film spoke to me a lot. <laughs> so, so, so let's let's if you don't mind, let's can we play with that a little bit? That existential dread, only because it comes, I think, it, through in such a compelling and interesting way, and one that needs to be you know reflected on. And I think that, that the feedback that you're getting about people saying, "Oh, this is coming back to me," you mm -hmm. know, the next day or a couple of days later. I mean, for me, that's the sign of a of a great piece. Why is it in some you know, as young people grow up, and I'm going to talk mostly just about myself, I suppose, but I'm old enough also to be nostalgic. So um, wh why for some and not for others? So so Jackie's got this wisdom and this worldliness about her that's just so rooted and grounded, it seems, mm -hmm. and yet her friends don't. <laughs> and then you look at Dennis's character, and he seems to have some of that, but like you say, just this wounded, lonely boy that we're not quite sure where all this what appears to be some pretty, pretty serious, you know, trauma or anger or whatever it is in his past mm -hmm. uh, bubbling up. Any, any thoughts on that as, as, as you were reflecting on the performances and, and even the writing of the film? Um, you know, I, I don't know what it is that makes the difference in people. Like I can only, to my experience, I just, I grew up always needing to know more. Like I, mm, I needed good answers and I don't know I had such deep thoughts about the world and my place in it and I remember talking a lot to my mother about these things which sometimes she would very lovingly laugh at me <laughs> to explain like you know things will come to you you're always changing you're always evolving there's no way it's not like you get to the end of this race and there's all these answers there and you're done um, you'll change every year of your life. And I don't know what that longing was. I think maybe perhaps there's discomfort in uncertainty. Um, mm. And some people just are more carefree in, in floating through it. I don't really know what makes the difference. 
Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by the question too. And, and, and I don't know either. And, and I've asked lots of filmmakers because it's, I mean, it's about, well, it's about your level of experience, I suppose, and, and uh, what you're reading and what you're watching and the people you're hanging out with. I mean, it's so, we're so sort of nuanced and, and paradoxical, really, I suppose, in, in some respects. So it's not an either or kind of black and white. Mm-hmm. But I, and I think that's what's so beautiful about what did Roger Ebert say? Empathy making machines? Movies were empathy making machines. Mm-hmm. Isn't that mm-hmm. what's so beautiful about a film like yours? It allows us to step into this world in another way that hopefully, you know, gets us relating to other human beings well, to, to be entertained, absolutely, to be engaged, to say, wow, what a great film, but hopefully to wake up the next day with <laughs> maybe a new thought or reflection or a new approach or a new question. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely the hope. Um, and even with, you know, Dennis's character, I've been, uh, I recently read um, Bell Hook's book, um, The Will to Change, and mm. it's an incredible story about, I mean, really, at the end of the day, it's about empathy um, and making room for, well, in this case, because um, she's a feminist writer, in this case, making room and space um, for men to change who are, I guess, caught up in the patriarchy. And that mm. patriarchy hurts men just as much as it hurts women in many respects. Right. And I love that thinking so even with Dennis you know I think him being a complicated person it's important to see empathy in him at various moments and potentially give space for him to change what do you think about um, filmmaking in Canada can you can you talk a little bit about that I loved I loved what you said earlier about um, um, you know uh, uh, did you you didn't know I I called it a passion project. What oh, labor of love? Yeah, labor of love. My labor of love. It, yeah, and you say that with I can hear the smile. <laughs> so clearly, it was a good experience for you. But I would imagine also on some pretty significant levels, uh, quite quite challenging. Um, yeah, I guess lots of questions there. How did you get through it? How did you manage it? How, you know, um, um, advice for others? Uh, did you run up against things as a woman? You know. Uh, Make, I mean, I'm, I would imagine that question is going to come up, especially with some of the sub sort of the, the, the underlying tones in the film. But just, yeah, just interested to know if, if, if what, what your experience was like. Yeah. Um, well, this was, um, you know, the first time I had received telefilm funding and uh, we were blessed that we received regional fundings. I don't think we could have made this film on the, well, I know we wouldn't have been able to make this film on the micro budget, or I guess it's called talent to, to watch now. Um, so, I mean, it was very challenging in the sense of shooting a period piece with like 39 cast um, on the island of Newfoundland. <laughs> so um, there's challenges of resources and crew and, um, finances and simple things like the Mm. fact that there's no um like big fabric stores on the island so when you're thinking like you have to make drapes but okay nicole that would not have been the first thing on my list by the way (laughs) from a from a challenge's perspective that's hysterical i mean my poor production designer was like oh god where where do i get stuff but i mean we had to fly we had to fly in the drapes we actually you know what we did was we found we found locations that had the bones Mm. intact 
And uh, there are chunks of Newfoundland, especially the areas we shot that haven't really updated since like the seventies. So the houses that we found uh, were empty, but all the wallpaper, the carpet, the drapes, all of that was there. And then, um, through being very resourceful as Melanie is, um, we're able to fill everything. But yeah, that's challenging. Or at one point, uh, our first uh, AC had a family tragedy and had to leave the day before we started shooting. There's no other first ACs on the island, like none. (laughs) So our second AC had to step up and do the role on day one. production right out of the gate right out of the gate so there's things like that where you're like oh god there's no backups here um so that's challenging um and yeah i think you know i think money is always relative right you're always gonna feel like you don't have enough um unless maybe you're making like a marvel movie or something but um yeah, it, it took a lot, and um, all my keys were the most dedicated people. Um, and I don't think without them working overtime on this, we would have been able to pull it off. Um, so it was a challenge. But we, you know, Telefilm and the uh, the Newfoundland Film Development Corporation also came in to help fund, and the Rocket Fund as well. Um, and uh, I felt very, you know, blessed to have the money that we had um, on my first feature that's Canadian with no stars attached. Was there, was there any decisions you made uh, to, to stray, stray away from the script on set because of, you know, the, the way the, the, the story, the film was unfolding as, as you saw the performances, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I imagine it's gotta be pretty exciting to sort of have this idea of what you think it's going to be, you write it down, and then you and then you actually start to you know to piece it together. I love the the collaborative uh, aspect of filmmaking, but I just I guess maybe the question is how much didn't make it into the film? Right. Um, well, I cut a couple scenes for story reasons afterwards, um, but you know I, there was there was a dream sequence that was actually written quite differently um, than hmm. it is in the film. Um, and originally but it was going to cost a lot because there was like a whole scene with like a SWAT team thing that was meant to come in and and uh it was a bigger to and there was a plane and a propeller and like so and then he gets and more and more drapes yeah he gets sucked into the propeller or his sister gets sucked into the propeller it was just it was big it was a lot and right right um you know, I figured out a way that we could pull it off. Um, but it was expensive and it became, you know, one of those things where, where you're like, okay, how do I not compromise my creative vision? Mm. Um, but also ensure that, you know, if we try and pull it off and we blow all this money and it's not to perfection, it's still going to compromise the vision. So right. what, what do we do here? So I, I think it's figuring out smart solutions to when you can't pull something off or when it's going to be an insane nightmare for various reasons, how to just maintain the intention. Um, So I rewrote that scene, um, Dennis's little nightmare. 
Um, I rewrote it with what we had available. Um, it was still hard to pull off, but what we had available. And I think it's actually way better. <laughs> like, it's I, so cool, eh? Isn't that amazing? I love that about the sort of the creative process and, and, and your comment about intention. And I just thought of sort of the integrity of the of the piece too, right? And of the story and, and how much trust there's got to be with uh, your editor and uh, your DOP and all the, you know, the, the key. Oh, well, everybody, frankly. Yeah. Um, from, from a storytelling perspective, because there's just... Honestly, Nicole, there's a beautiful, a tragically beautiful tone throughout the film. Is that okay? Can yeah, just, no, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, there, there really is, and 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 it's not, uh, it's never preachy. It's 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 earnest, maybe, and 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 just it's just so lovely and so real. And you know, uh, I I I I hung out with some of those people. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. that's really wonderful thing that you've been able to capture. Um. It's for for me. It's a, it, it really is a film. I'd love to hear you, your thoughts on this. A film mm-hmm. about choice, mm. about you know about about hopefully making I suppose better choices, uh, or making choices maybe together. And I don't want to give away uh, the, the end of the film and 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 uh, where where you actually end up. But it's it's a road movie, I suppose. It's two different road movies kind of converging, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, for me a little bit. But yeah, mm-hmm. I just wondered. Did, did you go in with that idea in mind that this is a film about like, I mean, obviously coming of age, but, but yeah. yeah, about choice and intention. You know, yes. In some ways, like it definitely entered my mind because I think as you, you kind of go through life, of course, there's this idea of uh, in, in terms of thinking the nature versus nurture, like you are shaped by things around you um but again it's it's the choices that you make you know I think of the story of like the two brothers who had an alcoholic father and that's who they saw their whole upbringing and one becomes an alcoholic and the other doesn't because they Mm. saw their father and so kind of going through this it's like yes there are things within their separate worlds that can shape them one way or the other, but ultimately it's the choice you make as an individual as you go along and learn. Um, So, you know, just, it does call that into question. Dennis is very much surrounded by magazines that objectify women. Uh, He's in a, especially in the eighties, you know, this patriarchal world that's telling him, this is what masculinity is. This is what you should live up to. Um, but he is a participant in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Complicit to some degree and, and, and clearly present and smart enough to sort of know better and yet be a part of this, uh, hmm, I guess just systemic dysfunction, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and, and this is what's so great about, I think about your film. It's, 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 it's raising some pretty, pretty serious questions, along the way while telling a, a fun and entertaining story and getting a little 80s and 70s Canadian music in there so it's, yeah. uh, that's that is a that is a good thing was that was that hard to do to get uh, uh the rights to use some of that music um some of it you know again yeah. this like happy accidents because the, oh, cool. there, there were other songs hey, that could have been that could have been the title of the film maybe yeah. happy accidents. <laughs> that'd be amazing <laughs> different kind of vibe that's right. Um, um, 
you know, I, I, I guess basic, base, coming from this film, I feel like, you know, when things feel like they're not going right um, and something else happens, it's for it's for the best because we originally the opening track originally I written it as a Joni Mitchell song, this mm. uh, unreleased track of hers, and getting the rights even though the song's not on any albums and was never released as a single or anything proved pretty difficult. Um, mainly I think because Joni is aging and it's more difficult to get a hold of her. Um, right, right, but. You know, then I landed on this Linda Perhack song, which Jackie sings a cappella in the beginning of the movie. And it's mm. perfect. Like it couldn't it really be is. more perfect. It speaks to the tone of the whole film. It sets everything up in a way that that Joni song didn't. And I still love that Joni song, but it just was different. And so that was, I mean, that was meant to be. And, uh, even Gowan, um, like Gowan was an incredible piece to come across. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, happy accidents were definitely, um, well, I guess it didn't become an accident. I'd still pick those other songs, but. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, hey, hey, just a little quick aside. I got, I got to see Gowan about four times, four or five times in the eighties. I had a friend who was like a crazy nut fan and, uh, saw him at Massey Hall, went on a little bit of a three day road trip. Um, I couldn't even tell you uh, what yeah. year this was, but uh, got some very fond memories. So as soon as soon as the song came on, it was just it just well, that's what's so beautiful too, as you say. I, and by the way, when you referred to an '80s film as a period piece, I almost <laughs> laughed out loud. But it's true, right? It's true. Uh, hey, I grew up with that during that period. You know what I mean? It's just so funny, but it's so true. And I and 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 I'm interested too in that as well, Nicole. I mean, sadly, we're gonna we're gonna be wrapping up our conversation here in a couple of minutes and loving every minute of it but why the 80s i mean yeah loved the music loved whatever uh but but there had to have been it seems to me there had to have been a bit more than that yeah oh of course i think that i think that it's um easier sometimes to reflect on the present when we look at the past Mm. and see where we've come or where we still are and so I like having that little bit of distance um, to be able to analyze. Um, you know, there's a podcast that I love called Through Line, and okay. that's what they do in that podcast. They talk about a current issue, but then they give historical context. And it makes us understand what's happening now so much more. Um, so I, for me, that's exactly why I wanted to dive into the 80s. Of course, it's visually super fun. Um, There's a lot of devices that you can use in storytelling with like no cell phones, um, no technology, that sort of stuff uh, is great to play with. Um, But ultimately, when feeding into this narrative and, um, you know, this reflection I wanted to create, it made sense. Yeah, it's cool. I so love that the the film is working on so many levels, and and it just just hit me, kind of in a new way as I was sort of reflecting on on the 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 last drive in the film and the broken windshield and a couple questions around that. Again, do you do you step back and watch the film and go, wow, I didn't see that before, or wow, that isn't it wild how that just became a part of the storytelling. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh yeah. The windshield specifically. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and you, and you, and you hold the shot. I think they're quite 
I think it's quite an extended shot. Yeah, I just, yeah it's I, super I long. Love that kind of, I love that kind of storytelling. And, 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 and I just had to sort of smile in a kind of a sad way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, the windshield was pretty great. Um, that's funny. Yeah, the windshield, I, yeah, I have to admit, I'd love to have been the one to break it for the look of that moment, but, but the car was a bit busted up. So it had that, which worked really well because the light reflects in it. Um, pretty amazing. And we found that car. I went to, while we were in prep, I went to a bunch of car shows in Newfoundland and just met people and gave my business card and asked them if they wanted to put their, their car in a movie. that's hilarious and uh yeah newfoundlanders are incredible people and and, um you know like to participate and are welcoming so uh yeah this this guy uh gave us his car for i mean obviously we rented it off of him but um you know he he lent us his car so we could use it as our dentist mobile yeah well i just love how that that's so, I mean, this isn't this what filmmaking is all about, but moving the story forward, driving the story forward. And, and, and do, do, do you just to go back to that question as we sort of wrap up here, do you, when you step back and especially in, in relation to this, have you, did you see sort of that intentionality coming out in ways that you weren't even aware of? Does that make sense? Like, uh, within his character or well within the characters the performance like it's sometimes for you know and i've, I've obviously never you know maybe maybe not obviously i haven't directed a film and, and neither have i written one but on a second and third viewing you go oh look at that oh and you see connections and you and and some people will say well that was just an accident well like you said it was a happy you know <laughs> yeah quote you a happy accident it actually it just shows you how rooted you were in I don't know, Ella's character or in the space, in the relational component of the story. I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, I I get what you mean. I think that, you know, it's a combination of things. I, Mm. you know, there's so much written into the page um, that I wanted to explore and do, but, oh my God, once you start working with real people, um, (laughs) just all these things that you can bring out um, Mm. and, also discover once you're on location and have little moments, you know, and Mm. there was one thing that I thought was, uh, that also came up in the way I didn't expect on the page, but when Jackie's in her classroom and she opens up her book on French treaties signed with, um, indigenous people, right. um, Right. Yep. Amber hands her the note that has, that says you have no choice. And I and I uh, I meant that as in just the relationship between right. uh, you know Jackie and Amber, but the way that note lands on this page. Oh, um, it's beautiful. It oh, I, I like jumped up from the monitor at that point and was like, oh my god, look at this moment that's happened here um, that I didn't write exactly this way. I mean, I knew what was going to be in the book. We designed right. the book. I knew what it would say, but I didn't realize the note would link up to the book in the same way. Well, and I think it, I think it's connected to, to, for me, I certainly, and I've seen the film only once and hoping to see it again, but I mean, that, that's connected to, I think the last line in the film, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a thread. It's that, again, we're back to choice. We're back to intentionality. We're back to stepping into your future, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, complicity, all those things. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's really lovely the way, the way stuff like that just uh, play, plays out. And I love what you said about, you know, there's so much on the page, but once you start, basically, once you start working with real people, everything <laughs> changes, right? Yeah. Which is so wonderful and delightful. And isn't that what the stuff of life is made of, you totally. know? That's what makes filmmaking so enjoyable. It's like, you can't write necessarily on the page that there's going to be a specific sunset where the clouds part in a certain way and the sun comes out. Like sometimes you just find that when you're there on mm. set and it speaks to the film in such an incredible way that you couldn't have imagined. So, you know, I'm definitely, I'm big on prep and doing as much work before you shoot as possible, but it's really important to be open to those things, Mm, Um, to be open to chance and um, just to explore, be open to exploring. It's a great way to end. What a beautiful quote that there's our, I mean, there's quite a few, but that's a nice soundbite to end. (laughs) We've been talking with uh, Nicole Dorsey about her new film, Black Conflux world premiere, I think, right, Nicole? Yes. World premiere premiere at TIFF, TIF TIFF.net. You can find out, I think uh, first showing, um, uh, well, yeah, first showing sad the first Saturday, I think. No, and first Friday. The first Friday, so that'll be like your first sort of uh, Q and A. Is that like your first big moment, right? Yeah, that's it. Live Q and A. Wow. All right, I can, I can, I can feel nerves already for you. What a pleasure! What a pleasure chatting with you today. Thanks so much for your time again. And it's NicoleDorsey.com, right? Uh, people want to find out a little bit more about you and the work that you're doing. And that's D-O-R-S-E-Y dot com. Great. Nicole, yeah, thanks a lot for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. You too. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.